emergency. Hello, mate. Oh, we're on. We're on. Oh my God. <laughs> we're here. We're here. <laughs> um, oh my God, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am. I'm dandy. <laughs> That's a great yeah, word. I think I'm dandy. Dandy. I think I'm feeling pretty good. I don't, I, I'm not mad at anything today. Yeah. Me either, actually. Um, it's been a pretty long day, but yeah, I, I have no complaints. Yeah, no complaints. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, this is Cocktail Murder, guys. Yeah, I'm Taj. I'm Honey. We drink. We talk about murder. You know this yeah. We specifically talk about victims of color um, and black victims yeah. because those are the stories that go um, underreported, yeah. underinvestigated, yeah. Um, buried. Yep. And uh, yeah, we feel it's our duty. Yeah, to tell those stories. This evening we're drinking Mai Tais. We are, which is our Mai cocktail Thai. of the week. Is Mai Tais from Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> That's a legit question. That is a good question. I'm gonna look it up. Please Google it. It's. Do you have a guess? It's not spelled no, like Thai. Thai. Where is my Thai from? It's rum, so it's from the island. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> it originated in Oakland, California. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yes, it originated in Oakland, California. No A gentleman way. named Victor J. Bergeron claimed to have vented the Mai Tai, and we all know what that means. He fucking traveled, and yeah, basically. he took it from someone of the islands, for sure. Yeah. Victor, really? Victor? Victor. Bergeron? Let me see. Let me see this guy's face. <laughs> Mai Tai Victor. If he's white, we already know what that means. Right, yeah. <clears throat> Victor Bergeron. Let's see what this fucker looks like. This guy is definitely white as fuck. He definitely traveled. Let me see what this, this guy looks like. like. Calling himself garnishing shit with flowers. With the Hawaiian flower. <laughs> with really? the Hawaiian That was all you, Victor? Really? That was oh, all you? He's like no. the whitest. Yeah, for sure. From 1944. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no way. You did not make that up. Yeah, there's no way. Colonizer. There's no way. Um, wow. Okay, so yeah, so we're drinking Mai Tais. This is what we're doing. Um, yeah, I, I actually wanted to get into a little bit. Um, I think right now is such um, a huge time uh, for the reason why we are cocktail murder and why we are here. Um, because if you haven't heard of the case of Gabby Petito, yes, um, she is a young woman who um, did a lot of, uh, I guess, like traveling and vlogging with her with her boyfriend, or I want to say it's fiance or boyfriend. Not totally sure. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I guess they went on a road trip. The fiance came back, and uh, he came back without Gabby. His name mm -hmm. is I can only remember his last name at the moment. Last name Laundry. Um, he came back, and when her parents were asking him, "Yo, where's our daughter?" He immediately lawyered up mm. um and is not saying a word to the family mm. um fast forward to a few days later they found remains and as of yesterday mm. they confirmed that they were the remains of mm -hmm. gabby petito mm -hmm. um and he is gone yep 
he is nowhere to be found nope. um and yeah it's 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 a really scary case it's really crazy it's kind of one of those movie cases mm -hmm. but i wanted to bring that up because although uh it is really sad that uh another young girl has mm -hmm. lost her life mm -hmm. um and most likely from what we are seeing so far and allegedly at the hands of her yeah. partner yeah um that is very sad the difficult part that I'm having with this case Talk about it. is that it mm -hmm. is like the first thing you see in the media right now. I mean, her yep. case has gone extremely viral. Everyone knows her case. Everyone is talking about it. I mean, I'm an avid listener of The Breakfast Club, and even they're talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just like one of those things where, once again, it is a young white mm -hmm. blonde hair blue eyed story. yeah it's it's the perfect, it's, sad, it's the perfect yeah. sad true crime and story our, you know and our condolences and like her you know we do want to read right you know, we're not saying anything bad and we do hope that her family gets to have some sort of closure yeah but this platform well is yeah and and that's why i wanted to bring up uh some people of color that are missing Ooh. that are not getting the media attention as <sighs> they should um in similar cases not only are not getting the media coverage but are not getting any answers yes the families are not it. getting any answers and one of them is jelani day um, he was last seen on August 24th. He is a young black male. Um, he was actually going to college. I want to say he was in med school or he was like on his way to becoming a doctor. Um, he was missing after he did not show up for class for a few days. So it was a few days before anyone realized that he was nowhere to be found. Um, a few days later, um, I think it was like two days later, his car was found abandoned in a wooded area um, oh, in, um, it says the Illinois Valley YMCA. It was about 60 miles north from LaSalle County. Hmm. Um, and uh, right here, it says police are asking the public for tips. Um, but unfortunately, like nothing is happening with this case. It is at a standstill. And I actually watched an interview of Jelani Day's mother yesterday and she was like begging the public like listen and she did even bring up gabby petito and she's like dude like i'm very sorry that a young woman has lost her life but dude like Please like highlight. the media coverage on on gabby's story brought up so many tips there were so many people who brought up tips i think it was like a day or two days later um, people were calling in and was like, oh, yeah, I saw her in this area mm -hmm. or, oh, yeah, I saw her and her boyfriend fighting, mm -hmm. um, you know, and stuff like that. So all of that stuff was so helpful um, for them to find the remains mm -hmm. um, of her body, which is something that when it comes to our people, when it comes to people of color, when it comes to black people, you know how many bodies have not yeah. been found, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so it's just like. Even it's, in the small cases that we've, um, like the small amount of cases that we've covered, there are so many cold cases yeah. where it's no one knows where the body is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where the media has run mm -hmm. with it. Of course, she deserves the justice and she deserves mm -hmm. to um, to have a proper burial. But so do we. We deserve mm -hmm. to have proper burials as well. So 
once again, when it comes to media coverage, it is so important and not to demonize us, Mm -hmm. but to actually put our faces out there Mm -hmm. so that we can get answers. Mm -hmm. So that if anybody has Mm -hmm. knows his whereabouts, if anybody has seen him in the last Mm -hmm. few days, in the last month or so since he's been missing, then we can get some type of roadmap, you Mm -hmm. know, to finding him. So yeah, Jelani Day is one. Um, I wanted to bring up some that I I had in my notes. Mm -hmm. Um, While you're looking that up, um, I do want to add this like quick fact or whatever that I guess, um, you know, with the case that, you know, we're just discussing, gosh, last name Petito, right? Um, They had like a YouTube channel and yeah, they were um, like vloggers. Yeah, and there was one point where the um, the boyfriend was reading a book, and the book was it was called The Annihilator, and it's about four girls on a beach, basically one by one, getting like picked off and getting murdered, pretty much. Oh, wow. So it was very, you know, that was just one of those like creepy facts. Yeah. Um, no, right. Very. Um, yeah, that is creepy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, here here are some other names that I just wanted to say mm. um, of young um, and not just people of color, but these are black young um, mm-hmm, kids. Mm-hmm. These are kids. Um, there is Destiny Smothers. Um, she is missing. Um, Naya Atriva, who is 17 years old. And uh, where is she from? Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. It doesn't say where she's from here. Um, There is Jerome Diallo, who is from Euclid, Ohio, 17 years old. He is missing. Um, Dekaya Caprice Hicks from Cincinnati, Ohio, 17 years old. She's missing. Parrish Darrell Smith, Columbus, Ohio, 14 years old and is missing. Kiara uh, Cornelia Griffin, um, most of these are from Cincinnati, Ohio, um, which she she is from, 16 years old. There is Emmanuel Williams Moreland, 16, Joseph DeLunis, 17, Alasia Walker, 17, Lakaya Armour, 16, Ian Belcher, 17, Amor Mango, she is 16, um, so many cases. So many cases. Tiara uh, Williams, she's 19 years old. Um, Kishé Jacobs, um, she's 25 years old. Mm. Alice Fuller, 17. Xavier Reeves L, 25. Nakia Hoyston. I mean, it go. The list goes mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Some of these kids are as young as 14 years old, up to 26 years old. I see Tiffany Foster. She's 35. I mean, it's just like all of these kids are going missing. Um, Nobody's getting any answers. Mm -hmm. The investigations are shitty. Mm -hmm. And you know why? Because we we say this all the time on basically all of our stories. About 99.9% of our stories is when somebody reports their Mm -hmm. family or loved one or friend or whoever missing. And then the police are like, oh, they probably just ran away. They'll be back. Mm. And it's so crazy because the saying in the true crime community or the investigative community is that after 48 hours, there's Mm -hmm. a 50-50 chance. That they're gone. Yeah, that they're they're still alive or not. And so it sucks because these police officers are telling our people 
oh, you're not allowed to file a missing person's report until 24 hours. And then you go back and do the 24 hours. And then they're like, oh, they probably just ran away. So by the time we even begin to get help, it's well past 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's weeks later. And the worst is likely. Yeah. And we're still not getting any answers. Mm -hmm. So once again, rest in peace to Gabby Petito and praise to her and her family. But we do have to remember that our community is full of missing children. I think we make up like I saw a me. I don't know if it was a meme or it was like a statistic. And we make up like 80 percent of mm-hmm. missing children and, mm-hmm. and people in general. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, come on. Yeah, come on. Let's get some media coverage out there for our people, for our at least for our mm-hmm. children, if not for the adults, at least for the children mm-hmm. so that it's so that we can see and if anybody has seen this person mm-hmm. or helpful. knows of their whereabouts it, just... it could be the smallest things yeah. the smallest things i mean people were saying like people were calling in was like oh yeah i think i saw her when it came to gabby petito i think i saw her um like walking around this area or whatever mm-hmm. i actually was listening to a true crime podcast about Uh, Her last name is Chang. I was listening to True Crime Junkies. um, And it was helpful that people were calling in and was like, oh, yeah, she came into Starbucks (laughs) this day. And they were like, okay, cool. Well, that's enough information for us to go follow Mm -hmm. up, track. Like Mm -hmm. like they kind of need a roadmap. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like the fucked up thing when it comes to our people is that. An investigation sometimes doesn't even start. Yeah, they don't even start. And yeah. then then that means that the media doesn't or, cover it, which mm-hmm. means we don't even like a Starbucks worker doesn't even know that this person has no. gone missing unless yeah. they see their face it's plastered like, oh, somewhere. Shit, no, I did see that. Person yeah, exactly. And, and then they yeah. can provide some kind of information. Yeah. But when our cases are buried and under not even under, but just not investigated at all. We mm-hmm. can't get any information because how would anybody know? Exactly. They hit a wall, but they're hitting these walls because they're not doing their due diligence. Right. And not only are they not doing their due diligence, let's say they do their due diligence, but they're not um they're not shedding light on this missing person. Right. At mm-hmm. all, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I'm just like if you guys are able to follow the Jelani Day case, make sure you look him up um it's a pretty crazy story. I yeah. mean, he was going to school. It's 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 just so wild. It's one of those cases that's just like, why is not this not being covered? Yeah. Why is this not being told? How come I'm hearing about yeah. it off of, you know, a Twitter post? Yeah. You know, exactly. when this should be plastered mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. It really really right. should and right. And we know we know what it is when it comes to especially young black males or black males in general. Mm-hmm. The police don't want to find them. Nope. And honestly, people don't want them found. Nope. Like, especially white people. (laughs) They don't want black people found, you know? So it's like they're not they're not plastering their face. They're not pushing it. But this, I mean, this kid, he's not some, you know, he's not some nigga that was going around and now he's missing. No, this is I mean the majority of the time that's not it. And that's the thing. Majority of the time. Majority of the time. Even 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 if it is it, they still deserve to be found. Yeah, even if you're living a high risk lifestyle no matter what race you're you know, you are, like yeah, like you said, like they deserve that justice. They deserve their case to be investigated. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so we'll definitely be posting um, pictures of Jelani. They have his very last image, um, which was at the at ISU where he went um, at the Bone Student Center mm-hmm. on um, camera, and he was wearing a blue button up, black pants. His shirt was tucked into his pants. Oh, wow. um, it looked like he was like going to work or coming from work or something. Um, so yeah, I'll make sure that we get those posted and if you guys have seen this young man or know anything about this young man or even if you haven't seen or you don't know anything about him you guys can reshare and repost and make Mm -hmm. sure that his face is out there so if anybody has seen him they will be able to be like oh yeah he came in to starbucks that day or oh yeah i saw him driving that car you know whenever even if they don't know him you might remember his face so yeah, yeah that's all i had to say that's my rant for today nice Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into our stories. In more bad news. Yeah, I'm like, excuse my rant, but I just feel like no. it needed to be said. I mean, I've seen multiple posts about it, which I agree to. I mean, they even talked about the missing children at the border when Trump was in office yeah. and how they're not found yeah. still so i mean we're still we're going through such a crisis right now too even, even like haitian immigrants yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. are being mm-hmm. rounded up by horses yeah. and whips it's just like yeah what the fuck yeah what the fuck mm-hmm. it's 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 wild we're going through wild times you guys but once again i felt like i needed to bring that up because that is the reason why we are cocktail murder we want to cover those cases of um black and people of color yeah victims because once again those are the ones that are underreported buried unsolved it's just mm-hmm. sorry i see an ambulance car <laughs> oh. i don't know if it's outside of the gate or inside of the gate no. but anyways um yes so mm-hmm. in more bad news mm-hmm. we're gonna get into our stories let's get into it okay i believe i'm first this time All right, so I am going to talk about the Cannes child killings. So (laughs) before I get into it, obviously my disclaimer today is that this involves children. Um, It is a pretty sad story, um, and if you do get squeamish. This is one of those squeamish cases. Um, But once again, the main part is it does involve children. Um, Okay. So I'm giving credit to where I got my information, which was one single um, video I found on YouTube by Eleanor Neal, who is also a part of the true crime community. Um, And she told the story very well. So I just, I pretty much got all my information from her. Okay, so my true crime story takes place in Australia, mate. Australia. (laughs) Um, It's specifically a suburb named Menorah. Okay, so December 19th of 2014, police received a call from a man named Lewis. He was the oldest of eight children, and he was 20 years old at the time and no longer lived at home, but he would go home to visit his mom and siblings a lot of the time. Um, The day he frantically called the police happened to be one of those days that he was visiting home. This was a Sunday, um, and once again, he went to go visit his mom and siblings, but when he arrived, he saw things that just did not seem right. 
As he arrived to his mom's house, who her name is Reina Thide, he saw that she was walking back and forth on the balcony and she was like clearly not completely there. Mm. Like she was just like not focused on anything or whatever. Um, he got out of, out of his car and started walking closer to her. And as he got closer, he saw that she was covered in blood. She was moaning in pain and looked as if she had stab wounds all over her body. Before he made another move, he contacted the police. The police and paramedics arrived, put her in the ambulance to take her to the hospital, and they assessed her body when she got there, and they found that she had about 35 wounds, stab wounds, all over her body. They were mostly to her neck and her chest. That is, I just couldn't even. Yeah. I've always wondered, like, being stabbed. I've never been stabbed, and please, God, let that not ever happen to me. But I'm wondering if your body would go into, like, complete shock. I'm sure. Because I, I knew someone who lost his pinky when he was young, and I asked him, like, what was that pain like? Like, mm-hmm. what did you? And he was like, honestly, I was so in shock, I didn't even feel it. And I was like, oh, my yeah. God, that is crazy. So I'm like. I wonder if, like, some people feel it and some people don't. You know, you just, I don't know. You just never know. Okay, so while she was at the hospital, the police went inside the home to see what happened. And as they entered the rooms, they saw something that was even more horrifying. In each room of the home, there was at least one child that had been brutally murdered. In total, there were eight children. (gasps) No. Holy shit. Each of them were covered in stab wounds as well, which were very similar to Raina's wounds. And the rooms, floors, and walls were covered in blood. It was a complete massacre. All eight children were pronounced dead at the scene. Louis, the 20-year-old son, had to explain to the police that seven of the eight children were actually his siblings, and their mother, who was Raina, Um, who was headed to the hospital, was the aunt of the eighth child, and I believe was the youngest child as well. Um, Yeah, the aunt. Okay, so yeah, it was his cousin. Um, There were four girls and four boys. The youngest was 18 months, and the oldest was 14 years old. From oldest to youngest, I definitely wanted to say their names. They were Malili, Angie, Shantae, Raiden, Azaria, Daniel, Rodney, and Petronella. Lewis had to ID all of his siblings, which I could imagine was like horrifying to do, especially after coming to your home and seeing your mother, finding that she has stab wounds all over her, then having to identify seven and one cousin of, of your, you know, of your family members. Like they were all so young too. The police surveyed the home to find evidence or clues on what might have happened. It seemed like this family was targeted, but they weren't able to find a reason why. They didn't seem to have been robbed and there were no signs of forced entry. They knew the best person to give information was the only survivor, which was Raina, the mother. They were hoping she'd be able to give information on what happened and described who like committed this heinous crime, basically. However, Reyna was so badly injured that the hospital didn't allow the police to speak to her. Mm. They basically needed to wait until she was in better condition. 
In the meantime, the police had only one other um, person to follow up with, which was Louis, the oldest son. They asked if Reyna or anyone in the family had any beef with other people, but Louis had no idea who could have done this. Reyna was actually very well liked in the neighborhood and everyone knew her. She was the type that would cook and bring her neighbors food, which I've always wanted that. I've always wanted a neighbor that like cooked and brought food. I want to do that, but I'm like, we really don't live in a place where everybody's like friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways. Okay. So uh, there was no reason for her to have any enemies. After giving it a lot of thought, Lewis gave a name of someone who could have possibly been, and it was another relative. It was an 18 year old that had just got, that had just gotten out of prison. Mm -hmm. And he thought that maybe it was a robbery gone wrong type of situation. However, the police followed up with him and uh, I don't know if there was an alibi or like Mm -hmm. what, but they basically came to the conclusion that this probably wasn't you know the guy who did this the police asked the neighbors if they'd seen anything suspicious one of the neighbors told the police that they saw Raina and her kids out on the balcony and she seemed as if she was cleaning up and the kids were just kind of playing around around her there was nothing weird about that except this was actually going on at two in the morning oh wow so like it seemed normal except it was like but at 2 a.m is that really normal at 2 a.m Yeah. So the police continued searching the home for clues, but still had a hard time finding anything. All they knew was that most of the children were in their bed, so it most likely happened while they were sleeping. Um, And they found a couple of knives around the home that weren't particularly covered in blood or anything, but they were sent in for testing anyways. This case started blowing up in the media and people would uh, travel all over from Australia to their home um, to leave flowers and show support wow. to Raina. Yeah. It was about six days before Christmas when it happened too. So people would bring like Christmas gifts and decorations and stuff like that. And they were really just like wishing a good recovery um, yeah. for the mom because you just Mom. lost seven children yeah. and a niece. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And, and you're, you're in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I couldn't imagine. I like as like I'm not a mom, but I would imagine being a mom and honestly waking up to that news, like all my children are gone. I wouldn't even want to live. Yeah. Just kill me. Yeah. Like, why didn't you I just kill me too? Exactly. Like, yeah. just crazy. Um, Okay, so during this time, Raina was still in the hospital, and it looked like it was going to be a while for her to make a full recovery, but she was recovering, which was good. She had a punctured lung and had a lot of blood loss. The doctors were treating her for her injuries, but while they were treating her, they noticed something really weird about the stab wounds on her body. The weird thing was the angles. Ha! So Uh not just one or two Uh of them, but pretty much all 35 of her stab wounds were at weird angles. The doctors came to the conclusion that they were actually self-inflicted. Fuck. So up until now, they saw Raina as the sole survivor of a family massacre. But after finding out that she had stabbed herself 35 times. 35? She may have been trying to take her own life after committing her own massacre. I just like, I was in utter shock (laughs) when I heard this. 
Because the whole time I'm like, poor mom. But this fucking bitch, like, dude. And you're that crazy to stab yourself. Yourself. 30 35 times. times. And you know, a lot of wow. like massacres that have been committed, especially when it's like a massacre suicide, mm-hmm. they usually take their own life quickly. Super quick. With like a gunshot wound to the head. Very, it's, very, it's quick and, and yeah. as harmless as possible. As possible. On themselves. Yeah. But for her to commit a massacre and then stab herself 35 times and, and not then, even kill herself. And then to be found pacing back and forth on the balcony. Yeah. Crazy, right? Okay. So when the police were told about her self-inflicted wounds, they went back to her neighborhood to ask a few more questions and basically try to get to know her a little better. Because remember, they didn't think at all that she was the one that killed all of her children. So they're not going to dig. Yeah. Especially since she's, you know, was in critical, you know, condition. Right. Exactly. We're not trying to question her as a suspect. We're trying to question her to see who the suspect could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they went back to talk to her neighbors. For some reason, when they went back, this time, all the tea was spilled. Oh shit, okay. There were reports saying that neighbors heard Raina pacing up and down the street, yelling things to herself. She was out for hours um, speaking to someone named Papa God. They said that she was saying things like, I'm the chosen one. And even scarier, saying things like, if you kill my kids, I'll kill them first. The neighbor in the back of her gave some information um, saying that the night before the murders, they heard shouting and fighting coming from the house. But the neighbors figured everything was fine since they saw her the next day, her and the kids the next day, and everything seemed fine. But on the night of the murder, the house was completely silent, which normally is like, okay, whatever. But the neighbor was saying like, with eight kids, there was always noise coming from the house. But on that particular night, they noticed, not thinking anything of it, but they noticed that it was like complete silence. Hmm. They didn't hear anything. Like as if they might have been out of town. Right, exactly, exactly. So given this information, they believed that she actually may have been having a schizophrenic episode, especially when they got information of her yelling Mm -hmm. at the air. So they began looking into her records and found that she had an extensive list of mental illnesses. However, she had never been given any treatment, counseling, or medications. Part, illnesses going mm-hmm. untreated. Part of the reason why she didn't get help was she simply couldn't afford it. She was a single mother to eight kids and had pretty much nothing. They found that one month before the massacre, she began making changes to her home and her life. She was a drinker and a smoker, more of a smoker. They said that, I mean, she was a straight pothead and smoked all the time. Um, but one day she completely banned all of that from her house. She com- she banned weed and and um, alcohol. She was known to be a super pothead once again, but then one day she just banned it. She went into cleaning fits where she would scrub down her entire home for hours and hours and hours. And she would tell others that she was cleaning out demons. Hmm. 
So it was pretty clear to police that she was the main suspect and may have murdered her children during a schizophrenic episode. The hospital finally deemed her healed enough to talk to the police and she was immediately arrested. I will say in this story, I do appreciate the way that they handled her case Mm. um, because it was clear to them that she was having a schizophrenic episode. When they looked into her files, they found that she had mental illness and they were like, okay, this is how we're going to handle this from here. Um, We're not going to ignore the fact that she has an extensive list of mental illnesses. Um, So yeah, I, I will say I like how they handle this. Anyway, so yeah, she was arrested. They brought in a psychiatrist to speak to her, which is unheard of, especially, mm-hmm. you guys, this is a black woman. Mm. Um, and these are her black children. Mm-hmm. And it's just unheard of for them to be like, okay, instead of the police interrogating her, how about we bring in a psychiatrist yeah. who is trained to speak to someone who has mental illness? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so I, I I just loved that detail. After interviewing her, they came to the conclusion that she was, in fact, having an episode. She confirmed that she was getting messages from God and higher powers Shit. saying the world was going to end. Shit. That's why she began cleaning up herself and her home. She wanted everything to be as pure as possible before the world ended. So it's like, it's so, it's, it's crazy right like you're crazy but Mm -hmm. when you explain it i get why (laughs) i it's like it's hard to not understand right exactly you know not saying what you did is okay but i get i like like i get walking down the street saying if you're gonna kill them i'm gonna i'm gonna kill them first right exactly so it's kind of like yeah i hate to understand but i am right exactly how do you not like you still fucked up but like yeah (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, Um, she also confessed that she killed the eight children to keep them from seeing the end of the world. So she was like, it was her way of protecting them. Um, Yeah, so she said that she received a message from God saying that he's going to send a dove down and that was going to signal the end of the world, basically. During her episode, it was believed that she went outside and killed their pet duck that they had um and then that's when she came back inside of the house and killed her children so i guess it's believed that she saw the duck as the the dove yeah Yeah. and uh and that was her cue because she came in killed her children some of the children had a pattern 14 wounds to the front and 10 to the back um and the ones that didn't have that specific pattern it was only because they were trying to fight back or run away. Fuck. Oh my god, so that's sad. so sad. So sad. Oh, poor babies. Oh yeah. my god. I just and to think like that's your mom. Your mom doing this to you. So how would you? You're not gonna be on guard at all. You know? At all. Oof. Oh man. Um, she said that she turned on herself to take her own life because she knew that she would be hated for killing her kids. So that's why she tried to take her own life. And she was pretty much like, I want to be clear. I didn't take my life because I knew I was going to get in trouble. I didn't take my life because I killed my kids. I'm only taking my life because I knew nobody would understand and they would hate me for this. 
And so it's like, she was like in her head, she was so right. Shit, that is so dangerous. Yes, so dangerous. The most dangerous thing. Seriously. Okay, so she was eventually released um, from the mental hospital. And in 2017, she was charged for all eight murders and was put on trial. It was well known that she was in a schizophrenic episode. And with all of her mental health issues, she didn't have any help. Um, because of that, it led the... Um, it, that, that's what led to the A Child Massacre was because of her mental illnesses without any help. Um, her defense asked that she not serve time in prison, but in a psychiatric unit instead. Um, the jury came back with a verdict saying that she could not be found criminally responsible to her, due to her severe mental illnesses. So, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Absolutely. You know, it, it's so sad, but no, I do agree. She's men like she's clinically. Yeah. And and I do want to say this like because a lot I I've seen videos of people on trial, especially like murderers on trial, and so they try to act crazy on trial so that they don't go to prison. They go to a psychiatric unit. I want to say that being in a psychiatric unit isn't like a walk in the park no, either. Absolutely not. Like absolutely I've heard not. stories of people saying, like, I'd much, I'd much rather just go to prison they than a psychiatric rather, yeah, unit. Yeah, they would rather not be there. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna be like you're gonna get off. Like, no, yeah. that's it's probably worse, mm-hmm. you know, being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is. Hopefully, if you're sent to a good one, you will get the help you need if you do need that help. Yeah. Um, The judge, who was a dummy, I will add, um, said that she believed her history of marijuana use is what triggered the schizophrenia. I'm sorry. I just... I disagree. And it's not like I'm like a scientist and I know everything about marijuana and its effects. But never have I heard that before. Like, come on. If anything, I've heard that cannabis helps with stuff like that. I mean, if you are schizophrenic, if you're already that, then maybe the paranoia will maybe add a little yeah, extra to yeah. it. But I don't it's think not it's not a link. Yeah, come on. Let's let's be real. Okay. Um, Raina was sent to Brisbane Mental Health Facility and will be detained there indefinitely. Um, so they said that she is progressing but has had relapses saying that on the two-year anniversary of the massacre she went into another episode and threatened to kill other patients shit so it's like yeah i know she's not all the way there but she's there and she definitely knows what she did and i don't know if somebody told her like hey it's the two-year anniversary of the massacre that you committed but she definitely like went crazy on that day i hate using that word crazy for someone with mental illness but that's just crazy um okay since the eight child massacre they tore down the home and made it a memorial with eight trees in memory of the eight children people still bring flowers and teddy bears in their memory and that is the cans child murders or also uh known as the eight child massacre oh my god wow yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. I think it's one of those cases that it is so sad and it's horrifying yeah. and it's terrible. And of course, I hate that it was a black woman mm-hmm. that committed these murders. Um, but on the other side, 
once again, I do appreciate how they handled it because mm-hmm. they know that she did have mm-hmm. a long history of mental illness. Um, and I wish that more cases like like mm-hmm. that in her case can have be handled. Treated. Yeah, because like, um, look, I, I'm so not good with numbers or stats, but I read stats all the time. But there's like a really high number of especially black men in prison right now who suffer from mental illness Mm -hmm. and prison is not helping at Mm -hmm. all because if with instead of it being a rehabilitation it is really like breaking them down even more Mm -hmm. which if these people were even able to be released Mm -hmm. ever they're gonna be worse off than Mm -hmm. when they got there Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you you would think that you would want to help people with mental illness rather than just throwing them in a cage, mm-hmm. throwing away the key, and then just saying whatever. It's it's just easier to deal with you like this than it is to, you know, help you. Exactly. Type shit. And put so. other, like, cellmates, you know, at risk. Right, exactly. Too, you know, I mean, you know, the case that we talked about, uh, Jamie Osuna, mm-hmm. and he clearly had yeah. mental health issues. Mm-hmm. He killed his first and only cellmate. Yeah. And like did some crazy shit. Yeah, wore his like yeah his his body parts as yeah. a necklace. Yeah, it's crazy. like first of all, how did you do that? Exactly. <laughs> like With what tools? Right. Yeah. And it, it was clear before he even like went into even prison. The cellmate, like even complained about him. Yeah, saying you know? he was crazy. Yeah. It was like clear before he even went in, he had mental illness, and not only that, but he was in and out of prison, which we do see, especially in our community, we see our own people going in and out of prison and it's like clearly something's not clicking Mm -hmm. about prison that is helping Mm -hmm. these people stay out of prison Mm -hmm. so why are we like we're like setting them up and i don't want to say we but the system is Mm -hmm. setting them up for failure which Mm -hmm. is obviously we know is it's a system Mm -hmm. that's been there for that. that yeah yeah specifically but yeah i don't know that that story was crazy so there was like light in it but also Oh, those poor babies. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Mm-mm. And the brother, the oldest. Yeah, exactly. To yeah, to have to deal with that. And it's crazy because like the mother, um, Raina, she, like she thinks she's right. Like you can't tell this woman, mm-hmm. you know, like what you did was wrong. And she's and she she's like, there is the a time. reason yeah. I did this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and she so believes herself. Yeah. And the voices in her head mm-hmm. that she just like, you know, she can't see. Like, she's yeah. just like, everybody's against me, but y- you guys just don't understand. And it's like, fuck, there are people that are like that, that really just need help and need to understand that these messages that are yeah. being sent. <laughs> okay, first of all, any message from God is not going to be kill your son. No. I guess unless you are what's his name what's in the his bible name? I was say when he had to kill his son isaac <laughs> but or he did, act yeah, like isaac, he was gonna kill him but he didn't kill his son yeah god just wanted to see how low you were gonna be but god he stopped him he's yeah it's, abraham he stopped abraham yes it was it. abraham <laughs> stopped him though he's not gonna make you go through with this shit like <laughs> Oh, you man. know, it's funny. My pastor actually brought that story up and he was like, I want you guys to know Isaac wasn't a little kid. Okay. Yeah. Like he was like, he wasn't growing. He was probably like a teenager, right. you know, probably like 16, 17. Yeah. And he was probably looking at his dad like, nigga, what, what the fuck yeah, is you doing? What is going on? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Right. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy story. Yeah.
Okay, um, I'm gonna jump right into this one like I normally do. Um, okay. Nancy Carolyn Walker grew up with six sisters, Nancy being the oldest. She was particularly close to one of her little sisters, Myrna Walker. Nancy was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and was kind of raised there until about 1961 when she started elementary school in Chicago. The family lived in the housing projects, and Chicago in the 60s just wasn't all that bad. Like, it is like the stereotype of what we think it is today. Um, around and within the housing units, everyone was neighborly. Everyone called each other auntie and uncle, and it was just mentioned that although not everyone was blood, they were family nonetheless. I the, love that for us. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, the family didn't stay in the housing projects um, for a long time. Uh, the mother, Willie Anderson, um, who was a single mom at the time, she was determined to get her own home with her girls that are still owned by the family to this day. And I think it's beautiful. And if you're not black and you're listening to this podcast, it's not that it's rare that a black family owns a home to pass it down. But it wasn't until recently that I feel like us like young like the younger black generations like we have this like idea of like oh we want to have a home to pass down right we absolutely have, like that that like lifelong asset basically yeah yeah very true ever since nancy was eight years old she was a vibrant dancer in high school she was captain of her cheerleading squad and um she also took jazz and ballet classes Nancy graduated from Francis Parker and attended Columbia College, where she majored in accounting, choosing a career that would provide greater longevity and more income than dance. Mm. Even after pursuing multiple careers, she stayed true to dance, opening her own studio in Englewood, oh, wow. um, where she taught yoga and jazzercise. Mm. She also shared her passion for dance with her Buddhist community at Dance SGI, which stands for Soka. Gakai International, Chicago. Nice. Yeah. Oh, very um, successful. She's a very, very successful woman. Her success did not stop there, though. She owned a beauty salon and purchased a trucking business, and she was also a landlord and owned residential homes. Okay, come through generational wealth. Yes. She so, is building. And I just want to say, like, for, you know, there wasn't much about, like, the father in the home, but to have, like, the mother moving from Birmingham, Alabama, backwards to Chicago, living in the projects with her six daughters uh-huh. by herself to get her own home and then to raise just a phenomenal woman. Yeah. Like Nancy, it's just, that's, it. oh my God, so beautiful to Yeah. Me. They say like from adversity comes, oh yeah, so much, so much greatness. For sure. This woman had multiple businesses under her belt, although no one was surprised as she always had this mindset. um, She just like she conquered anything that she touched. She just Mm -hmm. basically conquered it. Um, Nancy and every uh, one around her was just incredible women. Although she may have been extremely busy, she always made time for her sister Myrna. They talked on the phone every day, almost every day, and always met up for lunch. at Wendy's during the weekday. Nancy never skipped lunch or skipped out on her businesses, especially running her dance studio, until January of 2003 when Myrna showed up for lunch alone. Mm. 
Myrna and Nancy talked Tuesday afternoon confirming lunch and that they were both on their way, but Nancy never showed. Myrna called Nancy all day into the evening, but she never received a response. Oh no. Myrna then decided to wait on Thursday to call the dance studio because if Nancy is nowhere to be found, she's definitely in the studio for her Thursday classes. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, Nancy never showed up to any of those classes. Oh my gosh, no. Myrna, not wanting to think the worst, rushed over to Nancy's home for a triple check, and Nancy was nowhere to be found. And the house looked as though it had been vacant for a few days. Myrna and the family contacted the police to file a missing persons report immediately. Mm-hmm. The police told the family <laughs> to hang tight. <laughs> As they suspected Nancy to have gone out of town for a brief moment. What? We were just talking. Trust me. Everything that we were talking about earlier, it's going to come up here. Oh, my gosh. The family. It's never that. It's never it's fucking never that. that. The family insisted that this is not the case, but the police did not listen as if the police knew Nancy more than the family. Oh, my gosh. Thursday, the family tried to make the report, but it wasn't until Monday that the police decided to officially file the report because they felt to wait until after the weekend. If she didn't show up, then then, yeah, she's missing. And that's more than 48 hours. Absolutely. That's dude. I oh, My blood is mm-hmm. boiling. The family called for a press conference within the community, wanting to saturate Nancy's face in the neighborhood. A news station picked up on the case and reported it, but another case of a little white girl had the nation in a chokehold at the time, Mm -hmm. so media coverage did not pay attention to Mm. Nancy's disappearance whatsoever. Dude! That's that's exactly... And listen, we're not saying... and, And, you know, I can't even earlier when you were, you know, talking about... Um, the Petito case and, um, you know, and the other cases that are just not getting, you know, that recognition. Mm -hmm. I can't help but to think like, I'm like, I wonder if a person, a non-person of color is listening to this and they're thinking, well, what's wrong with, you know, what's wrong with our people and what's Mm -hmm. wrong with shedding light on that? And it reminds me of when we were talking about Black Lives Matter movement and we're saying, yeah, our lives matter. And then white people were like, well, you know, all lives matter, not just your life. And, and and honestly, and in this case, this is what the fuck we mean. Exactly. We're not saying your life doesn't matter. We're just saying, why can't we get the same type of Ours matter too. It, exactly. We're just saying, why can't we, um, why aren't we allotted that, that privilege of, of a chance to get justice for, right. um, a woman, you know, this little white girl, I'm not going to say her name, because everyone knows who this little white girl was at the time and she has enough she has enough coverage um (laughs) and so yeah and with that being and we also know who did it but (laughs) okay i'm like i know exactly who you're talking about everybody knows this fucking case but anyways but with that like it's it's just not fair. It's it's right. bottom line. It's not fucking yeah, fair. It's not. It's um, not. And then there then we have Nancy. She's um, a woman, a black woman at this like, time. Dumb, successful, like very all successful. of her business. She wouldn't. And she's single. Very successful Dude. black woman. Um, she was fifty five at the time. At, in this time, fifty five years old, and now she's missing. And the police did not file that report until 
later. And I do want to point out that she, a, a very successful, prominent woman in not even just in the community, just in this in Chicago right. period, probably even in the state of Illinois, she probably had a huge impact as well. And she just um, she didn't have a rough background. She didn't live a high risk <laughs> lifestyle. Um, and it's they just, still it's didn't crazy care. for her so. to be a, as successful as she was. Sure, she had so many partnerships. I'm yes. sure she was well connected yes. and had a crazy large network. Mm -hmm. And then for the police to just be like, oh, yeah, she just left. And nobody from her network, her crazy large no, network, yeah. she no didn't way. say anything to, she has multiple there's several no businesses there's no way she would have just gone and looked and so i do left. want to point out that one officer said that she probably went to the bank first and left meaning she there they guess that she's leaving her life behind so here's my okay, thing if that's you, your theory then did you check her bank records did you check her her did history any money out no they did not okay so here we go <laughs> oh my gosh the police did absolutely nothing they wow, filed a I'm report. Just, wow, I'm so in shock. They did absolutely totally what nothing. we were just talking about. They filed a report and put out their number, um, and that's about it. Oh, so for a few weeks, weeks, about a month, the family is calling the police with no answer. Mm -hmm. And they were searching and asking just anyone if they had seen Nancy. On, on March 19th, 2003 um there was a black trash bag a couple black trash bags on the bishop ford highway in the bag was a dismembered body i know no yeah. after testing they found <gasps> that it was the body of who would have been 55 years old at the time nancy no dismembered dismembered Despite the dismemberment, the autopsy was able to determine that she had been strangled first. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Nancy was last seen getting into her van. It was like a dark purplish van um, on her way to meet her sister for lunch that afternoon. Oh no. But no one can seem to locate the van or it was never searched for. Um, and no one had seen Nancy since the trash bags were found, basically. So we don't even know what happened to her What? <laughs> oh my gosh. The case was opened in 2003. It is currently 2021, and this case <gasps> has been cold for over 18 no. years. No. No. 18 years. No. No way! Yes. We cannot end it like that. A dismembered body. Found she was in trash strangled. Bags. Found in trash bags on the side of a highway. And this is a cold case. They didn't find anything. Not, a, not even the van. And if they did, they're not disclosing anything. Oh my gosh. No fucking way. Mm-hmm. This entrepreneur, yeah. businesswoman, mm -hmm. several businesses, literally building an empire. Mm -hmm. She would have no known enemies. 
I'm like, did they check her her records? Was she? Did she find someone online? You know, like, did she? Like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, the family was asked about justice. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And Myrna responded with, um, "It's such a hard question." Werner says, my mom is old. We're all older. It's almost to the point we don't want to relive it again. I don't think I could stand it if we went to court. What they did to her. What is the justice now? I don't even know. I still dream about her nightly. One night she reached out to touch me. Which Taji, I know that like struck a nerve. You and I know that that's like, we believe that that's closure. You yeah, know? and so it's it's sad Absolutely. that they had to bury her, and and you know their closure is not even knowing yeah what really what happened, happened, you know. Um, their only closure is like yeah, just a, her memory and yeah. dreaming of her and knowing that she is visiting them, and regardless of what the earthly justice is, exactly, you exactly. know, like, the um, spiritual justice is. Yeah. Better, but um, yeah. oh my God. And that is the story of Nancy Carolyn Walker. I got this. This is called The Unforgotten 51 of Black Women in Chicago. Oh she God. is a part of the 51 Forgotten uh, Black Women. It's, you know, the page is unforgotten to remember mm-hmm. them, but she is unfortunately a part of the 51 Black Women of Chicago that went missing and was either found. Some of these women were not found at all um i do want to add though that during this time there was um what seemed like a serial killing that they still have no idea what's going on Mm. of multiple um multiple women in high-risk lifestyles were basically strangled and Mm. you know killed in a heinous way right um just like her so it's unlikely that this person whoever did this you know got to her because it, it, the mo is so yeah, different but you just never know right um, she, exactly. you cannot be it's wrong place wrong time we all know that absolutely that's thing. yeah um but yeah so she is a part of the the 51 black women of chicago that people um are trying to uh remember and um again one of those names they're trying to put these names out there because to this day the families do not have real closure yeah i mean it's it's even gotten to the point where the family i don't want to say that they've given up but they're just like listen we cannot keep reliving this right and i'm sure they probably fought and fought and Mm -hmm. fought and were let down over and over and over again yep so it it seems like they're just at the point where they're just like i we can't even deal with with the disappointment anymore yeah on top of us losing our sister and seeing how Mm -hmm. we lost like and she was incredible like and not even saying the people who lived a high-risk lifestyle they don't deserve it either it's just it, it this just goes to show that it doesn't the point is is that these are black women and they don't care yeah that's the point that's the common denominator yeah you know? whether you're successful or unsuccessful it, it doesn't yeah, matter it they doesn't just, matter they don't care i do want to read this quote that myrna said it's so freaking it's so sad she just said when i lost her i could not swallow my food i felt like i was doing her an injustice because i could still eat and nancy couldn't and oh i'm like oh that's gosh. striking a nerve right now yeah and i was just reading this oh. just like 
like I was like oh my god like even like I can't even imagine because you know we work together yeah (laughs) sometimes we eat lunch and I don't mean to be like emotional no but but yeah sometimes we eat lunch and that's like if I walk up to your desk and you're not there and you're supposed to be there I don't know what yeah I don't know what I would do I mean you you know you know how I am already like yeah we were at the gym together and you weren't where I thought you were and I like look you started freaking out like where is my sister so Mm -hmm. I and and I found you yeah so I couldn't imagine like thinking like where's my sister why isn't she here or if she's not here she's gotta be here yeah and and then she's not there and then you keep and then you and then then you're not there at all and then you're stuck with that unfortunate reality of I have to call the police yeah because my sister's missing you know that's oh my gosh dude it's it's so sad and even the fact that she said even if they find this person i i can't even relive this yeah i don't even want to go to court having yeah having to relive it because like looking at the because i'm sure they'll have to show pictures oh my god of her i I just i couldn't even even in the way that she got murdered like you know what I mean? Not she was enough. strangled and dismembered. Like, this is... And then placed in trash bags, thrown on the highway. Yeah. I just... I couldn't imagine what she had to go through. I can Thinking that, you know, she just got in the car. The last thing that anyone could remember... Um, I think even, like, a neighbor or something... Like, a there was one witness that said, Oh, yeah, I saw her get into her van. And so it was, it. and that, and like the timestamp matched up with, she was on her way to meet her sister yeah. for their daily Yeah, lunch. to go, right. So, yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking in my head, and I know this is 2003, so like online dating wasn't like huge, but I'm thinking now, maybe she was meeting someone she met online, she, you know, that could be scary. Yeah. Or like, but on no, she, she was supposed to, be meeting her sister she was on her so way. and they were couldn't on have the been phone. on her way exactly they talked on the phone together oh my gosh oh no yeah i just i can't believe that nothing has come from that yeah it's in it's trash so bags sad. and you think she, that there's fingerprints on those trash bags yeah. there's got to be something something hair microfiber something yeah, I just I want to show. This is what she looks oh, like. Oh my god! You know what's so crazy? She looks like I pictured her in my head. Yeah, she looks like a jazz dancer. Yeah. She looks like an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah, she looks like a woman in Chicago doing the damn thing. And that, that's she looks like she's full of love. She looks like she's yeah. living her life and. Um, I just no kids. She was single. She was living her best life. Yeah, this is her in the middle as a teacher. Those are her students. Oh my god! So she, I mean, come on. Who could do this? Wow. Who could do this? I. It's insane. Yeah. Um. Wow. What a freaking story. mm -hmm. And once again, goes back to what we were talking about in our belligerent in the beginning just the fact that her case was overlooked because the media felt like the, yeah. the little white girl needed all no, yeah, the coverage it over, yeah the little the, her the, the little, little white girl. girl's justice was more important yeah, than, than this anyone else very successful woman who and once again not saying anything yeah. bad like yeah. yes the the young white girl the little white girl she deserves justice 
and people should know her story but they shouldn't know her story over More, yeah no another person i've never no heard this know. before i've never heard this story you're telling me I felt like I should have known this one. Only, yes. Even just like reading this, I like I was like, uh, it has a familiarity to it. When you said her name, it right. sounded familiar. Exactly. But no, don't know this at all. And it's, I just, it's still cold. I, it's crazy. I can't believe it's still cold. I mean, again, for her family to get to a point where they're just like, we can't even anymore. Point, that just yeah, me, that tells me that they were let down over and over and over again to the point where they're, they're just like, listen, we're finding our own closure exactly. at this point because clearly you guys aren't doing what yeah, you yeah, need to be doing. They took matters into their own hands. They, they called for, uh, they called the news station. They, mm. you know, mm -hmm. they did the best that they could to keep, they said that they want, they wanted to saturate the city with Myrna's, I'm not Myrna, with Nancy's face, yeah. her story to make it known that right. this is, she is gone and missing and something bad has happened to her or yep. may have happened. And, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately something terrible happened. Terrible. Because um, they decided to wait until Monday. Oh, and even then she was missing since like that Tuesday. But again, Myrna, she just, I mean, I don't, I guess if you're not, if you don't live with someone or you don't see them every day, you kind of, I don't know. The, the, I just think the first thing that pops in your head, like, of course it would be the worst thing, but you, you don't want to accept it. So it's kind of like, you right. know what? She, you know, she has a class or nah, she, maybe she well, just. Yeah. I mean, especially again she is a multi a multiple business owner she has yeah. many businesses and, and so it five it, years old yeah so it is like if you don't answer my phone call or if you miss you know, a lunch of, of course up. it's like okay yeah you know that's fucked up you missed a lunch or you didn't answer my phone call or whatever yeah. but i'm not you're not immediately thinking yeah like, like something you're thinking happened. yeah something came up at work probably mm -hmm. she's probably teaching a dance class she's probably yeah. doing this she's probably doing that so yeah it's oh my gosh what a story oh man that's crazy that's wild wow whoa wow <sighs> uh sad story yeah just uh so sad i know i feel like you know obviously we talk about really like sad stories all yeah. the time but i feel like our last few episodes have been such downers i know like even our belligerents have it was, been that like, was a downer <laughs> downers yeah. okay we are gonna pick up the energy yeah and we're gonna come back next episode yeah. and we're gonna talk about some let's Is let's it, talk let's, some shit again yeah, let's, let's start let's, talking some more shit yeah, okay let's, yeah because oh my mood. gosh yeah. i am depressed yeah it's so sad yeah oh Okay, well, thank you guys for joining us. Yes. Yet again, another week of Cocktail Murder. Yes. This is episode uh, 40, right? Is it 48? Or is it 39? Or is it 41? Uh, I, it might be 41. <laughs> it might be 41. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, again, our Cocktail of the Week is Mai Tai. You'll learn a little bit more. If you follow us on Instagram at Cocktail Murder, we'll be posting our weekly reel yes. of the ingredients, how we made it. Um, and also look out this week, Saturday, our mini soda is yes. dropping. And that is going to be our trivia mm -hmm. uh, drinking game, which is always fun. So, um, yeah, thanks for yeah. Uh, tuning in. And let's cheers it out to the next murder. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs>